Hi everyone and welcome to our very first episode. We currently don't have a name for our podcast. We have a couple of different uh, ideas and we're going to put that out to the community. But uh, Laura and I sat down and uh, did our first episode. There are a couple of technical things that we, um, rather I, didn't uh, get quite right if you can bear with my terrible sound quality I promise I have figured out uh, what the problem was and we'll fix that but this uh, this first episode is all about where we started uh, where we came from and how we got to where we are today and what we want to get out of this podcast so I hope you enjoy going to go back to the beginning so I think so because it's like a story and yeah you know every piece leads you to where you are now yes okay so I was at uni and I was like doing a oh, the equivalent is overseas the equivalent of a management degree where um, overseas are you from where, <laughs> Sorry. Where I know, but... <laughs> I'm from Serbia not Siberia <laughs> Serbia sometimes it gets just as cold um but, um, yeah, so I was doing the equivalent of a management degree and I majored in marketing because I found marketing interesting. And I was one of those people at uni who's like, I don't really, I don't really know what I want to do. I just know I don't want to be a dentist, which is what my dad wants me to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was like, okay. And then my first job through the connection of a connection, um, which is how you get your first job in Serbia and, you know, kind of almost everywhere else. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. um, Was at an advertising agency and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like there are all these different moving parts and like I don't really know what I want to do. So I'll just just do whatever, just, you know, learn on the job. And and I shared an office. They stuck me in in, um, an office with the only copywriter in the company. I think there were like 20 people there, but he was the only copywriter. And I was in that office with him for two weeks before he got fired. <laughs> um, and so they were like, that poor guy. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like he, he kind of wanted to go to. Like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah. just a one-sided thing. It was just kind of like. Um, anyway, they were like, oh, while we're in the process of hiring like another copywriter, like you can just do this. And I was like. Okay. And at the time, like I finished uni in English, like even though I was in Serbia, I finished uni in English and obviously like everyone communicates in Serbian. So all of a sudden I had to be like, oh, cool. I get to be a copywriter in Serbian. Like it was, yeah. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Oh, it was, it was a bit like, where's the deep end? And now let's find an even deeper end and shove you in there. Like, <laughs> I'm just Googling Serbian language because I have no idea. I just want to see what it looks like. It looks like Russian. It's like, oh, it's like oh yeah, Cyrillic and oh, well, oh, it's pretty. <laughs> yes, it has. Some very, I like the F. The what? The F. Oh, that looks. Yeah, that looks like a <laughs> a man like flexing his muscles. <laughs> yeah, like classic Laura. I like the F. <laughs> um, oh, fun. It's yeah. It but it was yeah. It was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty intense, but 
all of a sudden I learned to love it. And I feel like whenever I listen to, when I listen to most, like 95% of people who are in copywriting, like didn't know that copywriting existed as a thing. Mm-hmm. And that was me, like 100% that was me. But anyway, like that was the long story of that very first job. From there, <laughs> there I went to another ad agency as a copywriter. Then I moved back to um, Australia and couldn't find a job for like 10 months because uh, like it was mostly because people were like, you don't have an English name and you've worked as a copywriter mm-hmm. in a different country where they don't speak English. Like, I mean, know. kind of valid point. Yeah. Yeah, Not the name thing. You shouldn't discriminate for that. But but it happens. The it other happens. language thing, yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, But, I mean, to the, to the point where I, like, couldn't get interviews. Like, it wasn't about, like. That's pretty was, bad, yeah. Yeah, like, I needed to get in front of someone so they could go, oh, you have an Aussie accent. Like, <laughs> but I just couldn't even get in front of people, like, because I just wasn't getting called to interviews. Anyway. So then I started applying to like because I was I was applying to ad agencies right because I was like mm. I think this is what I want to do, um, even though really for me I totally understand how some people thrive in that environment and how some people are like oh my god I get to work on like a hundred like a hundred different clients and like different campaigns and like today I'm writing ads and tomorrow I'm writing brochures and then I'm writing a video like that didn't really it didn't really fuel my fire. But I guess it was the only thing I knew at the time. But I kind of, but I kind of also knew that that wasn't really what I wanted to do. Anyway, so then I was like, okay, well, I've got to apply to other jobs, um, other copywriting jobs that are not in ad agencies. And I ended up um, getting a job at a real estate agent. And that, that's pretty progressive of a real estate agency. Yes, to have a copywriter. Like no, they at the okay. time had two. Wow. Yes. They had a really, really great marketing manager who I, like, actually recently reconnected with and he's, like, running marketing for this amazing tech startup that's, like, one of the fastest-growing startups in the world. I don't, I don't know if I've Do talked. I know it? Um, they're called Lifetiles. Oh. They're, like, oh. they're, like, crazy good, crazy good. And, like, it doesn't surprise me. He's... He's amazing. He's he really is amazing, and so he was. Yeah, he was that. You know, he was head honcho there for marketing. So he was kind of yeah, quite progressive at the time. Yeah. So yeah, so it was yeah, and you know what? It was great because it like all of a sudden I was dealing with sales and I had to like learn direct response and it was like it was good. It was good, and I was there for quite a while. I can't really remember but I think it was either two years or just under two years like it was a while Mm. Mm. and then I went on maternity leave and got headhunted by (laughs) our good good friend um fintech starter yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) for anyone who wants to do a bit of digging they will know who that is (laughs) who that is yeah but let's like for now let's leave it let's yeah. leave it unnamed um we know what their legal team's like <laughs> um amazing is what i was gonna say is, yes exactly shout out to all those people <laughs> um who we still love by the way and you know what i tell people like i think most of them i tell people all the time like 
culture-wise, that was one of the best places I worked. Oh, my God. I will never work in-house again unless I get that same vibe that I got Yeah, when I walked in there. Uh, that's my, like, was it yardstick? Is that the word for it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. yeah. <laughs> that's the benchmark. And if anything's under that, it's like, no. Nah. Yeah. Exactly. No, totally, totally. And and when I say that to people, they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, they just did such a good job of going out and being like, you know what, we're just, we're going to hire people. We're going to hire mm. the right people. Like that's what mm-hmm. it was about. It was about hiring the right people. It wasn't like, oh, we're just going to f- fill spots. It's like, no, no, we're going to wait and we're going to like pull people from all around the country if we need to, or even, mm-hmm. you know, I loved, I loved that. I loved that. And the whole like, you hire on uh, culture fit personality. You can teach people things. Yes. Oh my god. Like that's easy. That's yeah. the easy part. That like that needs to be like we will at some point get to an episode about that. That needs to be yeah internal. Yeah. Hundred percent employee Especially, experience. Because I feel like that. I feel like that's the thing. And I've been talking to a couple of people recently. I feel like that is the thing that is missing for like young marketers or young writers or young people trying to get in it's like here's the piece that they don't tell you Mm -hmm. you know like I on like you can look amazing on paper but like if you rock up and you're not like a culture fit now now having said that I have seen people go oh culture fit is just an excuse to like not include people that is I I don't agree with that at all it's not a diversity thing it's not a like we're going to cut diversity by using and and sure maybe some companies do but like if you don't hire for culture fit everybody struggles yeah yeah and it's expensive too right like hiring wrong is I think because I was doing some work around it um last year the year before and I did like a heavy like a shit ton of research into this and there was the cost of a bad hire far exceeds the first year's salary. Like it's crazy. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And, and on top of that, it just becomes a really bad, like it just becomes a bad environment mm. for everybody. Like for that employee, for like, the, you know, their peers for like the company. It's, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. We must another episode. episode. Another <laughs> yeah. episode. I will yeah. like speed this up. So there at that fintech start. So, well, they were really a startup. They sold themselves as a startup. They weren't really a startup. Yeah. They were like. They'd been around for a little while. Maybe. <laughs> for like seven or eight years or something yeah. by that time. Anyway, that is where I was first introduced to like conversion optimization and like really like all the background, like understand the psychology before you write a word, like all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like oh my god I found my place like that is how I felt I was like okay cool like this whole time that I'd been kind of dabbling trying to trying to find my place like I found like what made me yeah what made me really excited and so yeah I was there for almost four years and that's where I met you well yay that's where you came in and we were like yes Laura's a great cultural fit and she knows her stuff (laughs) Well, awesome. was was I a cultural fit that you had to teach? <laughs> yeah. I had the foundations though, right? <laughs> yeah. I had a solid base. 
no, no. It was, it was perfect. It was, oh my God, if there was anybody in that place that was happy to see you, it was me. Like, because, and here's the thing, this is probably where, like, that is where I realized that what I actually, what I actually love doing is understanding how that business communicates across the whole. Because at the time, when I came in, it was just like, oh, you know, you're the copywriter, we need some stuff written mm. and we need the website written and we need, you know, we need these email campaigns and we need all this stuff. But somehow I ended up taking like all of it ended up sitting under me, like the call center, the way the call center communicates and mm-hmm. the way we do blogs and the way we do socials and like. and the It was a lot. It, it was and the app and the website and, yeah, the, like 500 autoresponders and like. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't remind me of oh those. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, before you came, I think I had to rewrite twice. Mm. Like when the product changed and, oh, my gosh, it was – anyway. Yeah, I, but I, was I did like, two rewrites too. God, those things were well updated. Yes, yes. <laughs> I hope they changed that system. Anyway, I just yeah. was like, this, this is my jam. This is my jam. Like, but, but also, at the same time, I couldn't, I, I couldn't handle all of that. Like, it was too much stuff. But, yeah, but there had to be somebody who sits on top of that, and I was, you know, I always think I was really lucky that that place put so much value on communication, like and understood that, like, yes, we need to have a good product, and yes, like, you know, it needs it, it needs it needs to look nice at the end of the day, and work functionally, and work, yeah. But but the thing that like the thing that ends up converting the thing that ends up communicating with the customer is the comms Mm. anyway so I was like okay great this is this is my jam and yeah then I went on maternity leave again Mm -hmm. started my own business because I was like oh my brain is gonna be like stuck not doing work and work is life which is which is ridiculous but work is such a big part of me but because I love yeah. it. I just love it. Like I, I love what I do. Um, so anyway, so then I went back to work and then I was juggling work and this side hustle that was like really growing, really, really growing. And I kind of got to a point where my side hustle was like it wasn't earning as much as my job, but it was like pretty close and I had to make a decision. Was it? Oh, my God. Yeah, at one, at one point like – I'm not there anymore. I remember when you, yeah, when you left. Yeah. Because you kind of like, you kept it on the down low for quite a while when I started that you had this side gig. Yes. Um, I don't know why, but I remember when you told me, I was like, what? You can make money on Instagram. <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was so wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, but it was so cool. It was, the, it was, you know, and again, you know, a chat for another episode, but like mm. at, at the time, like the golden, the golden days, the golden days of Instagram. And I, th- yeah. you know, we need to talk about those and we need to talk about how they don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but then I left there and then since then I've had like a couple of consulting things and then I met um, a really good friend, somebody who ended, who is now one of my best friends. I met her when we started our businesses together like she was in Melbourne I was on the Gold Coast and then um um she sort of her and her husband had like grown their business too and they were like oh come down want you to work with us move the family back to Melbourne 
and I was there for a couple of years and now I am at Gig Super. So that is my roundabout long winter story. <laughs> Do you want to say quickly what Gig Super does? Because um, like, I'm sure lots of people have seen it pop up on Instagram as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that community building life. I've seen it pop up and been like, what is this weird, like, company? <laughs> this, and this is the thing, again, like, you know, probably a, a, a chat we need to have. But, like, so, so Gig Super is the first superannuation fund purposely designed for self-employed people. Because superannuation, which, like, if we ever have any international people who listen to this, <laughs> is basically like the pension. I think in the UK it's just called the pension. Yeah, and then USA has a weird name. 401k, I think. For, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure what they call it in Canada. Maybe also the pension, perhaps. I'm not sure. Um, but basically in Australia, like superannuation was like built for employers to cut a part of like employees' wages and put it away for their retirement. And it, the whole system, which – I can explain maybe at another time, but like the whole system is, it, it's it's designed for that employer-employee relationship, and so there are mm. like a couple of um, different really important things that like for self-employed people, it actually becomes like it becomes workarounds. It um, it becomes really confusing. People don't tell and people, you. yeah, that's what I was going to say. People just don't tell you anything. <laughs> they don't. Tell it's you like anything. see ya, good luck. Um, oh, and it's also like. voluntary which I know like Mm -hmm. you know I know that lots of self-employed people are going to go well you know I'm not earning enough or or whatever but it but but it impacts you know and this is back to that whole psychology thing but connecting to your future self like yeah it's so much easier to go our future self is not me because that's how our brains are actually wired and and you know they did studies and they like the parts of your brain that light up when you talk about other people and the parts of your brain that light up when you talk about future you are the same parts of the brain. Like it's That's so weird because, yeah, we do a lot of work with future pacing your customers on like websites or sales pages or whatever because, you know, they want to see what future them is going to look like, i.e. better when yeah. they use your product or service, but it works reverse as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I reckon that's a good topic for a whole podcast even um so yeah I've been in marketing comms for about nine years I did PR sorry I don't want to look at my notes (laughs) so I'm not reading a script (laughs) hello I'm Laura um (laughs) I did PR and journalism at uni so I thought I was going to be a journalist and then like right when I was going to uni I was like oh my god I hate ringing people asking if I can interview them um really yeah, I hate it now. I think I was more introverted back then because I think now I'm quite outgoing and I do customer interviews, no dramas, yeah. like for user research, and I have no problem doing that. But for yet, for some reason, asking them for like stories, and I think I just had a bad experience. But then also during that time, um, like print media was going down the toilet, so it was yeah. kind of like, what am I doing? And then um, you know. Uh, journalists were getting laid off and it was just a bit of a scary time and then also I think it was the GFC um while I was at uni so it was all just happening at once oh no Um, so it was a bit like 
what the fuck am I going to do when I finish uni? Um, I was just happy to be accepted into journalism and then, yeah, to have that turned around was a bit scary. Um, But I, so I worked in retail and then I started asking, I worked for Levi's for a bit and I started asking Ah. them if I can write some press releases, (laughs) just um, for funsies um, when I was about 19. And they said yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that was fun. Like we did a lot with charity work and stuff. Um, They had a really good uh, CSR model. So we, corporate social responsibility, if anyone (laughs) thought I was talking about sugar. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. That is like the instant thing that I thought of. Then I was like, oh, she's not talking about jeans. It is pretty late at night. I'm like, it's dessert time for me. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I started doing um, some press releases and I I just really enjoyed it because Levi's have a pretty cool brand voice and what they stand for and their story is pretty cool as well, even though it's not Australian. But, um, yeah, I like it. Uh, so what else did I do from then? Oh, and then I left there and got a job with this um, old school, like really old school marketer. Um, he had left like a pretty big... Uh, institution where he'd done some pretty cool things with marketing. Okay. Um, but he'd he was gone out, what, on his, out own. his own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was like, he was pretty old. I'm not going to lie. Um, he's still kicking though. Um, oh. <laughs> and he like would do all his own sketchings, all his own copy. Um, and it was pretty incredible to see like, um, you know, someone from that kind of era doing this old school, like, yeah. ads. Um, like, he would sketch it. He'd sit there. He went all Don Draper and, like, would sketch it there in front of me oh and then write the copy in. And God. it was, like, cartoon almost. Like, it was awesome. Wow. Um, so that I was been a really great experience. It was, like, in retrospect, like, you don't appreciate it at the time. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> you're kind of just like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Am I in art class? Because um, I would also do his, like, he would dictate into one of those old, like, dictation um, apps Devices. or whatever. Yeah. Did I don't you just know say app? It, it wouldn't have been an app. It was like, <laughs> it was some software. that it was an app? Maybe it was, like, some software, but, like, I had to type them out. And okay. um, it was, like, pretty shocking. I had to get these, like, pedals. Have you ever done that? Like, old school typing? No. Oh, my God. It is bizarre. So you sit there at the desk and you have these pedals to, like, stop and start. Oh, okay. So you can keep your hands free for typing. So it's, like, touch typing. And I got my words up to, like, I don't know, 90 words per minute or whatever oh. it is. Something impressive. I don't know the exact wow. number, but just think of something impressive and that's what I did. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, just, it was just having to like an experience. retype his blabberings. Yeah, yeah. And he would go on some, like, you think this tangent's bad. Like, it was pretty hefty. Right. Um, but also, like, he was teaching um, small business, like, really small mum and dad kind of businesses. Um, and teaching them marketing and some oh. of the principles he taught are like are really still relevant now. And um, like, I see a lot of stuff that's becoming cool now, but it's actually stuff that's been around for ages. Yes. <laughs> and that I guess I just kind of knew because this guy had taught me, um, you know, years ago. So yeah, it would have been like eight years ago. Um, 
so I don't know. It was a really good experience for a lot of ways, but then it was also really like it, it told me what I didn't want to do. <laughs> Let's just say I <gasps> never want to organize events again, ever. Yeah. Okay. Cause he toured um, like a lot of regional cities or towns. So oh, I went on tour with him. Yeah. You went so on got... tour with someone. Yeah, like, you think they're like, I've gone on tour and people be like, cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> let's like, yeah, let's say that it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and it, it was like Tamworth and like Orange and Dubbo. <laughs> Fair enough. Still cool. Dubbo has I mean, a great jail. Yeah, it was still it was okay. Um, so I did like cold calling. I did all the like invites and that kind of thing. So Yeah, okay. A lot of, uh, it was a lot of experience that I don't want to relive. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But it would have set you up. Like, you know, you would have oh, spent that time, like, developing your talking skills and all of that stuff that you probably hated as a journalist. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Actually, you're so right because after that, like, I had no <clears throat> issue, no problem calling people <laughs> and being like, hey, do you want to come to this thing? Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was good. Um, so then after that, I thought I wanted to be a teacher for a while. And then I was like, why? <laughs> like, I don't like kids other than <laughs> like my own or people I know. Um, and I just couldn't think of anything worse. My mum's a teacher and yes. like, the only benefit I think is the holidays. But even then. Yeah. Um, you couldn't, you have to really love kids, which is why I find, I, I love teachers. I just, I, yeah. Well, they're angels. Like... <laughs> Hats off. Hats yeah, them off. and nurses. Yeah. Yeah. Undervalued. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then I went to, like, a marketing comms for, um, like, a financial services company. So I got hired as a marketing and comms assistant. Um, and I met some, like, amazing people there. One of my best friends still was my boss at the time and, um, yeah, shout out to Kendra, I guess. Um, but yeah, Yay, we... Kendra! Yay! <laughs> She's American. She's got the best name. Um, so, yeah, I, I dabbled in media, comms, um, marketing, and for financial services. So, like, it was pretty heavily regulated as well, which kind of prepared me for what was next. And um, I think it was where I really started to get into... Uh, like conversational copy because it was very, very rigid and very old school talking to financial advisors, like their salesmen, like, and it was very like a boys club as well um, Yeah, in the advisors thing. So yeah, it was, I mean. So wait, did you, did you have freedom there to like play around with it and flex the copy? So like, obviously you probably still had compliance and laws and things to go yeah. through, but but did you have yeah. the freedom to go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit on this rigid um, stuff? It probably took me a good two years to feel comfortable to push back, yeah, two, okay. three years, um, and for people to trust me that I was going to do the right thing by the company and by compliance yeah. as well as having a little bit of fun. And maybe that's on me. I was pretty young when I started there, so maybe I needed to, like, get some lady balls and kind of <laughs> say, no, I think this is the way it should go and start playing around with, um, you know, the conversational copy, cr- recreating the um, comms guide and like the, I mean, I didn't call it a tone of voice guide back then, but it was brand messaging and yeah, communications guide, style guide. Yeah. Um, worked pretty closely with the designers. We all sat in the same team. 
Um, and they had like quite a few CEO changes while I was there. So I did a lot of ghostwriting for them, um, which was like, I really enjoyed that. I actually don't do a lot of that now in my job, but I really used to enjoy ghostwriting for CEOs, which is weird because they were all men and all like 40, 50 year olds. And they had this like 23 year old writing their stuff. Yeah. Okay. Which I find hilarious. So what is ghostwriting? So it's where you kind of, you sit with a CEO and maybe you get some bullet points. Well, this is what I assume it is. Yeah. I haven't done it for a while. Um, <laughs> get some bullet points. We know the topic. I'll go sit with them in a couple of board meetings or whatever is going on to yeah. really understand what they're trying to communicate. Okay. Um, I think that's the key is like you understanding it as much as you possibly can. So then you write it down in the bare bones and then going back and um, writing it in their voice. Oh, um, okay. So I think that's where you can tell when something's been ghostwritten badly is when it doesn't sound like, <laughs> like the person. person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which like kind of gives it away. Um, so it was a good skill-based thing for me to learn how these men, because they were all men, yeah. um, would talk. Mm. So I got to write speeches, got to write um, like video scripts, and then they send out quite a few like um, – email updates to like the network so it was yeah (laughs) that is Um, like a really it's it's a diverse background and a diverse set of skills like and this is what I always say you know people who are not in writing and people who are not in comms just assume that like anyone can write and anyone can write anything right like yeah anyone anyone who's got a keyboard oh (laughs) like blows my mind do you know how many people how many times I've had to say to people like I I I am not good at blog posts like that is not my skill set and they'll be like but you're a writer yeah no a different kind of like and like and if you don't like it like I don't I don't enjoy blog writing anymore yeah (laughs) I actually just got a um lead like this morning writing to write blogs and I was like oh, where on my website does it say that I write blogs very interesting very mm. interesting mm. so anyway you saved me from that place anyway because <laughs> <laughs> I'd been there for four years and I was kind of like oh I need something different I need something to show my personality or just like I don't know the part that I loved about that job was the writing stuff it wasn't all the extra marketing stuff yes. it wasn't the social media it wasn't um events Ugh. it was <laughs> it was the right they seem to end up with you <laughs> yes they do because I'm a yes woman right. <laughs> you, you're yes getting to better. everything no, you're getting better. I am I am I'm really proud of myself this year I've really I mean part of it is the baby hey <laughs> they yeah. kind of force you to take stock of what you can and can't handle yeah but still it's, yeah, you know, it's good. Yeah, okay. Okay. But so, but you hired me for comms and content originally. And now so I feel it was bad. Now I feel bad. No, no. Like, you tell me you didn't like social media. And I'm like, yes, so much to do social media. <laughs> no, but I loved it at the time. I think I'm just burnt out by it now. Yeah, um, and same with blogs. Like I, oh, my God, I was so stoked when I got that job at that fintech. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time that I called myself a writer and I remember going home that day and I was like oh my god if I apply for like you know rental or you know I go to the doctors and they ask me what my occupation is I'm like I'm gonna write 
a writer and this is just, <laughs> just such like what a loser but no, um, that, no, but that was really a defining moment for me because I'd always known that I was going to be a writer in some way yeah um ever since I was like a small human um but yeah so I thought that was pretty cool and I just remember like being so excited because when I don't know if you remember, but when I started, <clears throat> I only did like a week, and then I went on holidays for like oh, seven weeks. And you right. like you let me keep the job, which was amazing. Yeah, well, you gave me the job knowing that I was going right. away. Yeah, I remember. I remember that conversation. I, I was remember like, the, like, but she's going away, and I was like, God, mm. I love her, and she <laughs> will have this job, <laughs> and. I took books with me. Remember, I took um, right. Sugarman like Ad Week. Yes. <laughs> I took all the um, all the fintech uh, comms guides and stuff to Europe with me on this seven week trip. That's so. right. Oh my god, I had forgotten all about that. Yes, <laughs> I wish I kept that Ad Week handbook. Yeah, in retrospect, I think that would have been a good little departing gift. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Oh, cool. Um, okay, but what have you done? And then what, like, what, yeah, tell me about what happened after I left there. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of just bailed and then I was like, I've only been here for six months, not even, like, what am I supposed to do? Because um, like you mentioned before, like, you were overseeing everything written in the company and um, and I kind of sat under that and you, I had you to tell me what to do essentially um, or at least guide me in the right direction. Or... Thank you, because I'd like to think I don't micromanage. <laughs> no, no, you're not a micromanager at all. No, no. But you were there if I had questions, like literally sitting opposite me. Yeah. I could just, like, I think there's something so valuable in that, being able to bounce ideas off a person in person. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, you were doing all the autoresponders, the app. I just kind of sat in meetings at that point I think um yeah. seeing how how it all worked and how you'd talk with developers <laughs> lol um lol. there's another topic for <laughs> how do you day. talk to developers you talk- oh. <laughs> um designers and how like that was a pretty I don't know I would say a beautiful process of working with designers it was pretty seamless like we hardly yeah. had any issues with that I would say oh like my gosh. we were very collaborative yeah absolutely um, we had great designers. No, we think did have great designers. Shout out to Jesse. Um, <laughs> and Fizz. Um, so, and the BAs as well. Like, oh. Oh, amazing, amazing team. Smart, smart people. Um, so we, yeah, and then you left and I was kind of like, oh, okay, so I guess we're just hiring, rehiring Branker's role. I'll sit in, in the um, interviews and, you know, make sure from a writing perspective yeah. that they've got the chops and, and everyone's kind of like, oh, okay. So we're rehiring Brank as well. And like, no one actually said to me, do you want the role? And I, <sighs> I, no, I had no intention of taking on the lead writer role. Like I did not think I was ready whatsoever. I am, um, you know, the thought of the UX side of things and the autoresponders terrified me. Like I was like, how the hell would I keep track of all this stuff? I've only been here for six months. Like, honestly, I did not think I was ready. Um, I so thought then, you were ready. <laughs> did you? Oh, so yeah. I must have seen, like, such a dick in all this no. meetings. <laughs> no, but do you remember when we sat, like, 
it was probably about two months after I'd left. And we sat, and we caught up for coffee. Yes. And we sat in that cafe and you're like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like a lot. Don't you? <laughs> no. But I'm like, who is there better for this? Like, how do you, how do you not see this? Because I was doing the role for like a month or something. Yes. While we were kind of looking for people, and there was there was a real shortage. Like there was nobody who, you know, was even close to being what you were. Um, and and then I remember just sitting in the meeting. I'm like, oh, to the HR manager and um, our manager, and I was kind of like, well, maybe maybe should I just take it on? And they're like, yes, <laughs> you just want to do all these interviews. Oh, <laughs> so I ended up getting the lead writer role and then I hired someone under me and that <laughs> talk about a bad hire. I still laugh about it with um, the manager at the time. Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, she was good on paper. I don't know what happened after. Well, um, that's the thing, right? Yeah. And when people go, oh, why is there like three or five interviews? It's like because you, nobody wants to go through this. Nobody, including that employee who thinks like, oh, yeah, no, I do. No, you don't because you're going to be suffering at the end too. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, sorry, that is not like. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, (laughs) that's not like a, oh, tiss, tiss, Laura. I like how, no, it's not that. No, no, it was a learning curve for me too. That was the first time I'd ever um, hired someone and managed, not managed, but supervised someone else's work. It was, um. I mean, I'm thankful for every experience I had there because, like, in all honesty, I wouldn't be (laughs) doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't even know what your exciting was. Well, I hope I, I hope that I would have found my way here. Yeah. But yeah, it certainly excelled it. Um. So yeah, at at the end, I was doing all the things that you mentioned before, but probably, in retrospect, I wish that I was more assertive about it. I think. I think I run the risk of, you know, just doing what I'm told kind of thing and, and having too many competing priorities. Um, right. So I think that's something I've really learned in the past two and a half years of being um, freelance or owning a business. So you've kind of had to step up because you're not an employee. You have to kind of run the show from the outside. Yep. So, yeah, that kind of leads me to here two and a half years later and I've, been, I've had a baby. I've worked pretty much the whole way through. Um, as well <laughs> even though you're like no I'm gonna take time off mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> and you said to me actually uh, so my daughter Matilda was born last year and Branka said you will want to work during it I'm like no way man I want this year off <laughs> <laughs> next minute as soon as I'm able to work again <laughs> next minute yeah 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 I'll take on a small project oh it's slowly gotten bigger oh my next project oh no what have I done oh, look I have three clients <laughs> how'd I mm. get here <laughs> Yes. So now I'm strictly a one client at a time kind of gal, yeah. <laughs> just while she's small. And fair enough. Like, yeah. And I like, I like it so cool because I don't, I haven't seen anywhere that's been doing this type of conversation yet. Yes. Well, we haven't come across it. Let's see. Let's no, see if someone there might be. Uh, you two have not <laughs> reinvented any wheels whatsoever. <laughs> if anyone's listening out there, please let me know. <laughs> okay. So, super final thing. What do you want to get? What do you want to get out of this? Oh, well, yeah. Like I said, I think there's a bunch of great copywriter-focused podcasts out there, and copywriting 
business podcast. Yes. Um, and there's great UX writing and UX design podcasts out there. A lot of them are based in, um, you know, Israel or US or whatever. And there's a couple of really good, actually there's one that's just been launched in Australia. Um, oh, okay. There, a lot of it is interview style. And I think that what I love listening to is people just having a chat like, you know, you and I would do without recording, you know, like yeah, this yeah. is how we would just talk 100%. without recording. So, um, yeah, I just think I'd love to talk more about it and educate people about what it is we actually do. Um, and maybe, you know, if someone's out there and they think that this is something for them, it would, uh, it'll act like what you did for me. Sorry, this is really bad explaining. <laughs> That it will explain to them how you explained what I do to me. Yes. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no. No, it does. It does. And and like I want exactly the same thing. And I just and I also want to use I also just want to use something like I coming from a writing background, like you'd think I'd be like, Oh yes, I want to sit down and write, but like but I but I, I don't have the time. Like I am currently <laughs> working on one business, trying to run my own business. Also, yes. like for another time, opening a cafe with my husband. Oh my god! And I have two children. Amazing. Like I like, and it's my own fault. Like I've piled on these things, but but having piled on these things, I don't have. You know, like I still. I still learn. I mostly consume podcasts now. I used to read a lot and then I had kids and then I just, you know, couldn't really find the time for reading because mostly I was like, I could read or sleep. Hmm, Let me see which one I'm going to do. So That's so sad, isn't it? I I just bought a new book today. Yeah, I'm hoping I can read it. I bought so many books that I like (laughs) need to read. But, but, and when I do like, when I do read something or hear something or, you know, like I feel like I have all this, like I feel like I have knowledge, like I'm by no means like super smart or anything, but I feel like I have all this knowledge that I'm like, well, okay, and it sits in my head and Mm. what a waste. Like I want to share that with people, but I, one, don't have the time to like sit and write about it. I don't have the time to put together a course or anything because like I don't want you to pay for something that's like half-assed so this for me is you know it's like an outlet to get all of that stuff out and be like if anybody's interested here's this stuff that like may help you communicate may help you do your marketing may even help you like you know outside of like a business world yeah and stuff that we genuinely like talking about as well like I will talk anyone's ear off about UX writing or even you know freelance working and how to structure that and working with a baby as well like yeah yes it's hard man it is it is hard and if it (laughs) makes it look easy they're not telling you the whole truth no no. (laughs) so yeah awesome I think that's great I think yeah that's perfect I mean, you think? Oh my god, we just did our first one. Discussed this beforehand. <laughs> we but totally just called. I really just this. called you. Yeah. Did you press record? Oh my god! Imagine. No, I've been watching it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
so there it is our very first episode um a little bit scrappy a little bit raw i don't imagine the raw part is going to change much as we go forward because we do want to keep this authentic and genuine and like you are listening to a conversation that laura and i would have over coffee um but if you have any feedback suggestions uh going forward you can reach out to either of us directly you'll find laura at lauraluck.com.au and uh, you can send me an email at branka b-r-a-n-k-a at gigsuper.com.au till next time bye